quickly to Wall. Wall yeah. measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. Pierce with two. Pierce full away at the horn. It's gone! Morris, Ball, Neal, and Gortel. Porter can't find anybody. Gives it to Wall. Hey everybody, welcome to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. I'm Becca Winker, also known as at BeccaMVP on Twitter, here with my co-host. Finally, it's like a reunion, a family reunion, reunion, I can't even speak. I'm so excited. Quentin Mayo at T-O-Q-M underscore. Quentin. It's it's good to be back. It's so good to be back. I can't even tell you the last time we did a pod together. But, like never. But since we've been apart, we've both been doing some really good stuff. You had some great content with the guy Troy and Bryna. So you got is that am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, Bryna? Troy and Bryna. Bryna, um, okay, yeah. Me- media friends at um Cap me- One. Media Row so Squad. Love it. Y'all are um, y'all, Oh, was it Bloggers Row? I got it. it. I got yeah, Bloggers Row. Bloggers Row. Bloggers Row. And um we had Tony East from Locked On Pacers the other day, and he's also done Wizards Media before, so it was great to kind of get his insight on the game that we blew a team out, so that was um, (laughs) very fun. But today we're here to talk about the game last night. There was a game last night? (laughs) (laughs) Who who played? Um, Actually, there was, and unfortunately, I was there. Every step of the way, the Wizards lost to the Bucks 115-131. That was expected. However, I will start this podcast on a positive note. Thomas Sadoransky stuffed Brooke Lopez. And that was, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was that, <laughs> that was the highlight of my year, I think. I And I, I said to myself, uh, I'm just like, if he does this again this game i'm gonna pack up my stuff and leave like i don't know how i'm gonna recover from that like the whole game i was shook i didn't know i mean i knew thomas sadaransky has that in him but i didn't think he was capable of pulling it out on brooke lopez so tomas is starting to wall out like he he's like a lot of these guys him and uh thomas bryant they're both getting a little more comfortable with this extended playing time. Like, we know what we can get out of Tomas Sadoransky. Uh, he showed us last year. But he has some sneaky bunnies. And and last night, the game started with Milwaukee with two straight turnovers. And for the Wizards to capitalize like that, get out early to a little 4-0 lead. And Tomas had a poster. I was like, this might be a really good night. And then after the timeout, it was just all downhill from there. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And... You know, I I will say about this game, I don't feel like the Wizards played bad. I mean, they had six players in double figures. It wasn't enough to beat the Bucs. Obviously, when you have a guy like Giannis, who's so big and strong, you can't stop him and you won't stop him. A team like this is not capable of stopping him. I mean, 37 points and, you know, after the game, I got to hear from Giannis and he just kind of said, you know, we're just having fun. Like we're not, you know, trying to coming in a game, you know, thinking about winning. It's just we're working together and we're having fun and we're just getting the job done and that's it. And Must you know be that nice. 
that must be nice being the number one seed. And I don't want to spend too much time recapping the game, but as a fan, like I've got to say, this was probably a playoff preview if the Wizards are able to snag the eighth seed Dear and God. make it into the playoffs. And this honestly terrifies me. Like, I don't want to see this matchup. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's worth getting a seed to watch us kind of unravel. And yes. I, I know that this is going to be a shock for a lot of people considering yes. <laughs> Quinn's like, finally, you're getting it. We got her. We, <laughs> hey, DC, we got her. We got her. She just said that she does not think it's worth it if they're going to get blown out like this. And this is just, it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. I don't, I know it's crazy. It's crazy coming from me because I'm not one to say things like that. But, you know, a couple months ago, we weren't sure how this was going to play out, but we're still in this situation where it, this roster together is just not working. It's not it, enough. Something it's... needs something. It's not that we're not working as a team well. It's just it's not enough to go on a legitimate playoff run. And it would be nice to make the playoffs. I think if the Wizards did make the playoffs, like, cool. Like, that's a good thing. You know, that speaks for itself considering Dwight is out, John Wall's out, and, you know, the players still were able to get in there. But I don't feel that this should be the Wizards' main goal to make the playoffs. Last night, Giannis looked upstairs to Ted Leonsis and Ernie Grunfeld, and he gave them a Greek middle finger. That's what he did. Because he's heard, he heard Teleonsis in, in in France, or London, France, whatever you want to call it. And he heard Ted saying, you know, this team, we can compete. We just want to get in the playoffs. Because it used to be we want to compete for the Eastern Conference Finals. It actually used to be we want to be NBA champions. Then it was we want to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And now the expectations it's, keep lowering right. and lowering. And that now it's just we want to make it into the playoffs. Like, making to the playoffs is a big deal and yes okay you've been, in the playoffs last, you've been in the playoffs the last four to five seasons like that's something to i guess chalk it up to but if your organization and your team is not progressing then what does it matter if you're going to get blown out like this to the milwaukee bucks mind you the first time the wizards played the bucks they were without Giannis, and they got a w and a lot of people were saying like this is a good w blah blah, blah. and i was like you know i'm always I, I i take on the role of you know uh negative nancy debbie Donald. like i'm cool with that um, but I was just saying, this is a very different team without a, their best player. Giannis is so good. Mind you, he's an MVP candidate. That with him on the floor versus with him off the floor, it's night and day. Like, you can still have really good players, but Giannis sets up so many things for the rest of that team. Because he's such a force down low. Brogdon is open for three. Middleton is open for three. All these guys have more space when everybody's keying in on Giannis. So for him to come out last night, and my, they didn't even have their starting point guard in Eric Bledsoe, who is a, a really, he can still score the ball, and he's a great defender. So some of those points that that Tomas got last night, he might have not gotten if Eric Bledsoe was on him, or even if he was on Bradley Beal. So to be down their starting point guard, Giannis almost had more free throws than the entire Wizards team combined. He made 17 of 17. He had 17 of their 24 free and throws as a team. that's just absurd, you know? It's crazy. You're at home. You can't let um, an away team get to the line like that and and just convert. I mean, it's 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 absurd. So and can to, we just talk about their three-pointers? 
43%, 17 out of 39. I mean, there's just no stopping that. This team, the Wizards are, and I know this is going to hurt, the Wizards are not capable of stopping a team like that. And to be honest with you, I don't know if they're capable of stopping any of the seeds right now. Because, you know, this, this roster is great. I mean, we are not, the Wizards are not performing that well, but it's not enough. This team isn't working on a consistent level to make this happen. So, of course, I would love to see the Wizards make a playoff run, whatever, sure, make the playoffs, play some games, but... This shouldn't be what the team is concerned about or what they're talking about right now. I feel like the Wizards need to make some roster changes and they really need to think about, okay, I mean, obviously I don't think there's anybody on this team that like needs to get out immediately. You know, I mean, like there's some players that are more tradable than others. I can't say what the best move would be, but we need a change because this isn't going to happen. And, you know, I'm concerned also about Dwight Howard. I don't think he's coming back this season. It's I have I have no I have no um, indication that he's coming back this season. And it's, it's all perspective. That's it's a all problem. Because you know? one Brad, if when John Wall went out, it was already like okay, if this team can kind of hold it together enough to be in the playoff contention, maybe a 5-6 seed, maybe even just be an 8-7 seed, Dwight Howard have something to come back for. But now, not only is it not in the team's best interest to bring him back because he has a player option next year, like why put him out there to struggle with the team might not even make the playoffs. But for Dwight Howard as a player in his own career, Dwight Howard is still trying to protect his own legacy, protect his own pockets. There's no reason he comes back this season. Because when he was on the floor for like 10, maybe 12 games, he looked decent. He was not terrible. He did nothing to raise or drop his stock. So it's, it, it would make no sense for him to return this season. But on the terms of like making the playoffs and things of that nature, the organization is operating so short-sighted. Like making the playoffs is not the issue here. It's not the issue here. When you have to look at it realistically, this team making the playoffs now does not set them up for success two years down the line, three years down the line. And that's what organizations are doing better than the Wizards. They're looking for the future. Ted and Ernie are looking at right now, and it's not right now. It's not possible It's right no now. way. This team will get ran out. The, and I love Bradley Beal. He is a, a tier under superstardom in terms of NBA players. You have players like LeBron James, James Harden, um, Paul George, Anthony Davis. Those Steph Curry, those guys can power a team that doesn't have a lot to win some finals um, series, win, I mean, win some playoff series, get to the finals. Bradley Bill's right under that. He's there with, like, DeMar DeRozan. Um, you know, he's a he's a really good player, but he does not have enough to make this run in the playoffs even feasible. He hasn't feasible. gotten to that point in his career yet. Exactly. And it, it's close, though. It's close, but he has a lot of work to do. And when he's just not he, it's not in the right situation for him to flourish like that. And, yeah, everything looks good. Like, everybody eats sounds good when John Wall just – initially goes out and the Wizards have a 10 game span where teams are trying to figure out how they operate without their all-star point guard so it's going to be a little more difficult to guard that team but after you get 10 game tape on a team without their starting point guard and you realize that Bradley Bill is the only one that's really a threat and he's playing 40 minutes a game the all you have to do is key in on Bradley Bill now you see him pick and rolls he's getting double teamed 
they're they're giving him hard elbows they're shoving him they're doing they're making it more difficult for him to operate and getting a lot of physical attention from defenders while playing 40 plus minutes a game and being tasked with being a playmaker it's just outrageous it's too much it's too much and that's like lebron is a different tier he can play 40 minutes a game get beat up because he's so big but still be physical and act as a playmaker for his team and still get buckets because it's a different tier of player bradley bill is nothing against him it just it's not enough so i do feel like he will get on that level one day he definitely has the potential to but right now where it's just not happening and as far as tanking goes i don't think any team with all-stars should tank okay i just don't feel that way but at the same time we're looking the organization is looking at this as okay our goal is to make the playoffs but then what you know like we have to do something i mean they need to do something because I know this team is going to make the playoffs. It's, you know, they, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it's like, okay, well, that's not a far-fetched goal, but we need to look into the future. And you have to look as far, the season, as far as the, you know, everybody eats thing, I just want, <laughs> I mean, I just want to say, you know, yes, John Wall has been a problem on some levels these past, you know, couple, or, this season, last season, but you know, they are not better without John Wall. They've been winning some games, but it's, yes, they're better without John Wall when he's injured or when he's injured and he's on the floor. He's not as effective. He, We can't have him out on the court while he's injured. When he's healthy, I mean, honestly, he makes the team look amazing. He, he makes everyone around him better, and we've seen that. And, you know, for fans to start this everybody eats thing, you know, a second season in a row when we saw what happened last season, you know, this, the team went on a run, the team did well for a while, and then it was back to like, oh my gosh, like this is horrible. We're running into a similar situation here. Although we are winning a lot of games, I'd say this season is slightly better than last season because I feel like they've adjusted to, to their play without John Wall. but. I don't want to hear this everybody eats thing anymore because it's like, no. Like, yeah, they distribute, they're very good at distributing the ball, but we're not getting um, the success that we need for this team. And it's just, yeah, it's just very frustrating to watch. In a nutshell, Scott, if we're going to talk about it, Scott Brooks won. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> good Lord. <laughs> we're like all clearing our throats coming yeah. off of a sickness. Scott Brooks is his offense is isocentric, so it puts a lot of focus on players that are really good in one-on-one situations to get buckets for themselves. And the reason why Bradley Bill's been able to pick up the slack is because this year, and since he's been under John uh, Scott Brooks, he has learned to be better off the dribble. He's learned to be to create a shot better and do things of that nature. And when you have a good stroke like he does, it makes him even more of a dynamic player. However, when you the reason John Wall flourishes is because he's a great one-on-one basketball player. Like he can't shoot the ball the greatest, but he can make you miss. He can get past you. He's fast enough to blow by you. That's why John Wall works in this offense. That's why Bradley Bill has been working in this offense. When the rest of the players are not capable of performing one-on-one like that, then it makes an issue for you to have sustained success. That's why when Bradley Bill is not going off at every junction of the quarter. 
the team lacks because there's not Tomas Sadoransky is not a ISO one-on-one basketball player. Trevor Reza is not an ISO one. He's a catch and shoot three and D guy. So styles make fights, and the style of this offense does not help the role players on this team, but it does help the stars on this team get to a level of stardom that they have reached. So when you're looking at it, no, this team is not better without John Wall. But it's this is a a, a viewpoint and the outlook that the organization, the front office, has to change in terms of. You have to look down the line at what this team is and what it is not. So we have to adjust <clears throat> the offense to what we have. Yes. And it's not, right now, it's not you successful. Ha- it's to- it's extremely topsided because only John Wall and Bradley Beal flourish, like really flourish in Scott Brooks' system because they're more talented than their counterparts. What do you do as a coach to, to elevate the worst player on your team to be the best you're only as good as your worst player on the team golden state their worst player on the team is like Jonas Recpo or something like guys that can shoot the three they're really good Sean Livingston like guys that are really good if your worst player can't get easy buckets on your team it's going to be hard for you to compete with a team that's has the most wins in the NBA with the Milwaukee Bucks the Wizards are now 22 and 30 before the all-star break you've lost 30 games before all-star break you said there were no excuses and your goal was to win 50 games. That's not going to happen this year. So what do you do? I'm not saying, like, the whole tank thing. Actually, no, I am saying. There's no reason why you try to push for the playoffs to get blown out. Milwaukee showed you what they'll do to you without their starting point guard last night. And they're going to have home floor advantage. And that's exactly why I said. I said, you know, I'm not a, I don't believe they should tank. But at the same time, I don't think the goal should be making the playoffs. I think the goal should be revamping this team in a way to set them up for success. I think and if that's Scott, Scott Brooks, if Scott Brooks needs to um, change the way, the style of play to make it work, fine. Um, but but that's also, the thing. he doesn't, he doesn't change. I don't know if he will do that. He's so been the we're, same we're since Oklahoma here, City. Guys. That's why they got, they had James Harden. Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma and City. It wasn't able to. And happen. you couldn't win a ring. And the same, th- I went back and read articles from back when he was on the team, was coaching OKC, and got fired. And they said, "What does he do well? What does he not do well?" They said he's a leader of men. Players respect him as a coach, but they said that he depends too much on his star players. He doesn't run enough sets. And that was back when he's in Oklahoma City. This is 2019. He's it's the same thing. And we're thing. still in a similar situation. And now you have and now you don't have players as talented as Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. So now it's okay, you were able to talent your way to the finals with three once in a lifetime players that will be first ballot ballot Hall of Famers. Now you have Bradley Bill and John Wall who are really, really good players, but they're no Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, or James Harden. So it's just you have to change. And if I'm if I'm the Wizards organization, I've said this before. Bradley Bill is an all-star. Bradley Bill would be playing in the all-star game. Stop playing him 40 minutes a game. Whether you want to categorize this tanking or not, stop playing him 40 minutes a game. You develop your young guys like Jordan McRae, Troy Brown Jr., Thomas Bryant. Get them more playing time because you want to make the worst players on your team the best they can be. Get them more playing time. And if that leads to losses, you're already losing and Bradley Bill's playing 40 minutes a game. So what's the difference? Stop putting so much stress on his legs and his body, his wear and tear. Protect his longevity. Don't try to get into the playoffs and get blown out by the the Bucks, and then you end up getting pick sixteen in the draft, and then it's it's no point because you didn't even want to play your lottery pick in Thomas and uh, Troy Brown Jr. So why don't you try to get a top five pick and fire Scott Brooks and fire Ernie Grunfeld? Because Ted Leones has kind of tipped his hand on the radio on WTOP. He said making the playoffs is important. 
regardless if we think that's important or not or if that's how ernie should be judged if he should have been gone that's fine but he was saying making the playoffs is important if we don't make the playoffs i consider that a failure if that's the failure that pushes him over the edge on ernie grunfeld so be it protect bradley bill at all costs get a draft pick get ernie the f out of here and you can move if you want to keep scott brooks I don't know if a new GM would come in and probably not keep Scott Brooks, if we're going to be honest. But if you get a new GM and get rid of Scott Brooks and elevate these guys in an offense that they can succeed in and play better defense and a coach that they respect, you protect the longevity of this team for two, three, four years down the line. But you can't trust Ernie Grunfeld to make the decisions on where this team should be going. He's been the head of this thing longer than I've been alive for, for the most part. So you got to change things around, man. It's, it's not going to work like this. It's really not. We are begging for a change. And although Ted is not going to trade any of our star players, there is an option that has been brought up in trade rumors. And when we come back, we will have that for you. Stick around. Thanks for tuning in to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network. I'm Becca here with Quentin, and we are just discussing this madness that surrounds this Wizards team. Ted Leonsis has no intention to trade Wall, Beal, Otto, but there is a rumor I call that BS. I feel like... <laughs> I call BS on that. You call BS. Yeah. Well, there is a rumor that the Trailblazers have spiked a little bit of interest in Otto. And that would lead to the Wizards getting a potential first round pick with a couple of other players. And I value Otto a lot. I really think that sometimes people underrate him, but I feel like his injuries are an issue and the fact that his contract is an issue to me. and. I don't think that would be a bad move, if I'm being real with you. So, Becca, let me tell you something. I'm about to get told, you guys. I well, first let me let me start off on it. My BS on not trading uh, Wall, Bill, or Auto has nothing to do with Waller, Bill. It has everything to do with Auto Porter. Now, mm-hmm. as a president, there's never it's never in the history of basketball have you been at a press conference and they've asked you do you plan on trading the three highest paid players of course you're gonna say no exactly he's gonna come out he's gonna say i don't have any tension whether he really believes it or not it's really none of our business because he's not gonna tell the public what he's gonna do regardless he said i think him and ernie grumfeld said during the all season that once they traded march and gortat that they were fine with having yamahimi starting at center for the season and then a week later dwight howard was here so come on they're not going to tell us what they're going to do i respect that now of course now if they are offering the portland trailblazers are offering a first round pick for auto and some players to sweeten the deal my man this shouldn't even be a conversation auto porter is an 106 million dollar man he is making 26 million dollars this year. 26. He's the highest paid player on the Wizards right now. Auto. And and this is not, people I I'm not hard on Auto because it's a lot of players that are on this team right now that are going to get traded somewhere or going to leave and they are going to be flourishing in the new system. Auto Porter is my prime example. Auto Porter is not a 101 ISO basketball player. That's not his game. That's not what he was drafted to be. He's a 3 and D guy. That's what he was coming out of Georgia. He will get traded somewhere. 
and, and he Wiz, will do amazing. He's gonna do fine. And Wizards fans are gonna be like, "Wow, he didn't do that." Yeah, that's what's gonna happen because well, this you don't, is a pattern. You this don't put him in the right situation. Yeah. So every player that sticks with us and then <clears> leaves, they go somewhere else and they're utilized in a way that they weren't here. I mean, it's just that's just how it is. Auto's gonna be big time because you can't tell me that. Otto Porter does not have the potential to be as good as Chris Middleton. Who's no, Otto Porter is an amazing player. But he's just in the wrong system. And that's all it is. So, if you're going to... It depends on what Ted wants to do. Because if you're going to sit here and allow Skybrooks to keep coaching this team, or to keep running this organization, then, okay, yeah. Ship, ship Otto out to Portland. Get you two first-round picks. I, I know Portland's really good. So, the, that first-round pick is probably going to be mid-level. Maybe even kind of like in the bottom half of the draft but have two first round picks don't f that up don't f that up you can get possibly a top five to ten pick and then get you like a romeo langford bowl bowl a kevin porter some of these guys that are really good coming from smaller schools that can really help this team and give you depth on a team like you're building for the future if you're you have to buy into the rebuild get two first round picks for a guy that's taking up 26 27 28 million dollars for the next three four years and take that off the books it's not that's why I can't believe it. Because if it's, if this is really what's going on, and it's what's on the table from Portland, we should this should be old news. The green like, light should have been on like yesterday. Yeah, it's old news. So we'll see. But if this, we have what today? It's February 3rd. Trade deadline mm -hmm. is in four days, 3 p.m. I I love Otto as a player. I think he has great potential. His injury He's history amazing. is a little is is a little rough, but he will go somewhere and be really good. And to put him on a contender like Portland. That, that'd be a good look for him to rebuild his career. And uh, for the Wizards... They'd have a big three. Yeah, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, Otto and Porter. Otto. And they have what? They have Nurkic down low. That would be really a crazy good. threat. I mean, but, yeah. yeah, that team, that I'd love to watch that team. Yeah. I they'd, love Otto, like Georgetown represent. But um, I'm looking at this trade and I'm thinking, hey, this isn't a bad idea. Now, the Wizards... <laughs> They better not give up. Don't if they make any trades, do not give up any picks. If they give up no picks, more picks, I will not be on this podcast. I'm telling you right now. Like Becca, you should be selling. Come on, it's no, no reason why you no should give up any picks. picks. No, please, basketball gods. No, we need our picks. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but this trade, I'd be with it. I'd yeah. be. I mean, hey, we've got to do something. You got to get some cash. Bottom space. line, we you got. Need, we we some. have to do something and. This is not a bad move. And if we can get get, you know, that cap space, that's huge. Yeah. So what do you think I'm about sorry. what do you think about um Otto was one trade rumor. Now you have your expirings like Jeff Green and Trevor Reza. Do you think Jeff Green will be traded before the trade deadline? Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening. Mm -hmm. I think the Wizards value him not just for the productivity that he brings during the game, but his veteran leadership and the Wizards rely heavily on veteran um, presence. So I don't see that happening. Do you think the Wizards and like Trevor Reza or Jeff Green more? I think they're they're more signing with Jeff Green. Jeff Green. I mean, they were desperate to get Ariza back here, but I think that Jeff Green has demonstrated over this season that he's a huge asset to this team. I really think they like. Trevor Reza more, but Jeff Green has been way more productive since he's been mm -hmm. here. So if they were, if like, because teams now are loading up for the playoffs, they're looking for those veteran guys to add some that veteran presence. That have been presence. there before been and there they, before, need, they need it then. Can produce and things of that nature. So I think 
if one of those expirings gets traded, I think Jeff Green is gone first. Because you can all you can get more for Jeff Green. He's just he's exhibited that he's really good all year long. And they are, have this weird fascination with turning back the clock and having Trevor Reza here at 30-something years old. So I think they'd let Jeff Green go before Trevor Reza. So if, there, if there's an expiring contract to get traded, I would look at... That would just kill me. I would look at Jeff Green. Jeff Green. I would definitely look at Jeff Green to be gone before Trevor Reza is gone. So that's my... I think Otto does get traded, and I think if they make another trade, Jeff Green is gone before Trevor Reza. That's my predictions for the for the trade deadline. <clears throat> well, I don't have any predictions, <laughs> but if Jeff Green leaves, I will be very upset. I feel like He's so that good. is somebody that is somebody that should not be on the table right now. He's so good. But He's then so great. When, when you're thinking about it though, He's an expiring contract. He is. So if you can get assets for him, if you can get picks for him, if you, it's it's kind of like that's why it's so weird to judge what will happen because this team is so adamant about making the playoffs. Like they have such a weird fascination with making the playoffs this year with an undermanned, undercoached team. That okay, well if you're ready to rebuild, training a Jeff Green or Trevor Reza for picks or or something like that, some younger guys is a no brainer. But if you're but really, they're not looking at it from a rebuild perspective. Yeah, if you're they're pressed to thinking, make the playoffs, then you're, it's, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because now what? You're going to play out the rest of the season with Jeff Green and Trevor Reza. Reza goes to L.A. to join LeBron and whatever players are going to be with LeBron. And then you're going to be stuck with, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's just not profitable in the long run. I don't care how much Bradley Beal loves and, and John Wall love Trevor Reza. They're grown men at this point. Like, yeah, it was cool to have him as a good, like, mentor when the season first started. Um, when, when their careers first started, but they don't need Jeff Green to play to pay, play babysitter with them seven years into their career. Like it's it's just it's false. It's just false advertising. It's a short sighted move. So I think Otto does get moved. If Portland offers at first, oh my gosh, I will go crazy. Please I would take say it. Go for it. Please take it. But you got to think about what they might send in though. Like it, Evan Turner, maybe Myers Leonard. Mo Harkless or somebody. So we'll see. That's my Wizards fans. We need to know your thoughts on this trade rumor. We need to know your thoughts on the season. We want to hear everything. Hit us up on Twitter. You can hit up the podcast at Locked On Wizards. Quentin at TOQM underscore. I'm at Becca MVP. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It's been a great podcast. Very insightful very informative i'm proud of this podcast i'm glad to have a podcast with quentin and i on it because it's been a while Mm -hmm. thank you so much for listening to locked on wizards part of the locked on network and we will see you soon see you